All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. The full episode with Chuck and John will be back on Thursday uh, after game three of the finals. So we will get one in, hopefully, before the finals is concluded. Although I kind of, I have hope it's still going to be a good series. Today's episode, we talk about the finals right on topic uh, with Joey Devine from the Round Ball Rock podcast. We address some of the trending narratives with this series and whether we are on board with the narratives or we find them annoying. Like the seems like Curry already has the momentum, you know, to win MVP. It looks like there's another narrative of LeBron doing it all by himself and being alone. There's this narrative about the refereeing being terrible, which again really bothers me. We gotta calm down. These refs have been fine. Uh, but we address that. We get into all kinds of stuff and what things we are looking forward to uh, in games three and four as the series shifts to Cleveland. Um, if you want to get more Fast Break Breakfast, you can do that at patreon.com slash breakfast. Become one of our patrons who supports the program and gets access to exclusive bonus content, including bonus audio you can sign up for the very popular slack chat for three dollars a month to talk about basketball or whatever else around the clock we're playing our nba finals breakfast of champions challenge with many of you who entered that a report on the breakfast of champions uh congratulations to the nine of you who said yes there will be an ejection already happened in game one so just nine of 27 entries got the ejection question right only seven of you picked that Steph would average more points per game than Kevin Durant which he is currently doing Steph is ahead 31 points per game Kevin Durant's got 26 maybe the, the, a bad question on there I put was will Steph Curry make over or under 20 and a half threes my thinking was that's slightly at his season average of making four a game over a span of five games but right now Curry is at 14 made threes after two games and 20 of you uh 20 of the 27 predicted he would make over 20.5 which looks to be a lock uh, the other one was MVP, which is pretty interesting. Most people actually went Curry with 13 of you picking Steph Curry to win it, two people picking Clay Thompson, one person picking LeBron James, and then what is this? Eight people for Kevin Durant, Draymond with a vote, JaVale McGee with a vote, and also Twitter user at Monte World Peace, Matt Rakowski, receiving a vote for finals MVP, and the tiebreaker, uh, how many points, rebounds, and assists combined will LeBron James average? Uh, right now, he's averaging 60. Uh, closest to the pin right now is me. But uh, I didn't get the ejection question right, and I also picked Warriors in six, which is probably wrong. And also, uh, a listener, a true patron, is going to win this award, even if one of the hosts uh actually has the most correct answer so if you want to get involved with all this kind of stuff and get bonus content from us throughout the week 
you do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. It's the best way to support our show. It's where we find out who our biggest fans are. So if that sounds like you, please join us. Patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. One more time, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guest today is a stand-up comedian and the temporary yet permanent host of the Round Bowl Rock podcast, Joey Devine. Hey, Keith. How are you doing? I'm great, Joey. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a nice day here in Los Angeles, California. I'm just sitting out in my backyard. It's not the ashy post-apocalyptic wasteland of Blade Runner 2049? No, not yet. Not yet. We're close, though. It's, it's not quite 2049 yet. I Fingers watched, crossed. I watched some of that movie today. I have not seen the end of it. Please don't spoil it. Uh, there was I would lots never. Of, there was lots of ash in the air, and it had me wondering, is this the 2049 based on the last one's timeline? Because a lot of things need to happen, I feel like, for that 2049 to happen on our current timeline. For sure. Like, lots of cities need to be built and <laughs> then be destroyed in the next, uh, you know, what is it, 30 years? Yeah. What I do think is interesting about that movie is they just let Harrison Ford wear his normal clothes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, it's like a real t-shirt like a real <laughs> Hanes t-shirt <laughs> they did make him take his earring out which oh, he's like so fine I will do I will do that but I'm wearing my comfy t-shirt <laughs> like, fine. He's like my earring belongs in a museum and there's gotta be a role for my dog I don't do anything without the dog <laughs> uh, anyway uh, Joey did you have breakfast I did not I haven't eaten anything today it's that stand-up comedian lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I did wake up around one. And abusing your body. No, I just <laughs> I haven't been able to sleep lately. And I've been it's like I'm on a really terrible sleep cycle. Where I go to where I fall asleep finally around five AM and then wake up at one. How much of you losing sleep is directly correlated with you wanting Kevin Durant to shut up? Oh, it's like 60%. <laughs> I you certainly are... don't want him to be on Billions ever again. I'll tell you that much. Was he on Billions? He was. Oh, sure man. was, Keith. <laughs> uh, his his, his uh, manager, Rich, hooked him up, got him on the uh -huh. Billions show, I assume. <laughs> hey, one guy I am not tired of hearing talk is Kevin Durant's manager, Rich. Oh, Rich, Rich Kleinman, big fan. Big I will fan. listen to him on every Bill Simmons podcast. I adore it. I just actually, I, again, uh, before I watched some of Blade Runner 2049, while I was holding my nine-month-old baby, I was listening to uh, some Bill Simmons, you know, sped up really fast, and was loving everything Rich was saying, including the, Bill, give me a podcast. Give me $100,000 per episode. <laughs> Ten episodes, $1 million. I will guarantee you get your money back. How much do your odds go for? I was like, that is incredible. I want to be on whatever I, this guy's on. I think I said this on Corbin Smith's Take It or Break It podcast, uh, but I get a real, like, Rich Kleinman, Kevin Durant's agent, really reminds me of, like, the uh, Brian Wilson's terrible brainwash doctor from the <laughs> 80s. Or, like, the doctor from Metallica's Some Kind of Monster. <laughs> Oh, I don't know that reference. Oh, uh, well, 
you got to watch some kind of monster, dude. <laughs> he, <It's... laughs> to me, all I see is the lawyer who represented um, the dealers in The Wire. Like, yeah, he, that's not bad too. Because that's that that I think his voice sounds just like that guy, and that's just what I picture. So I'm like, all right, this guy is getting the business deals done, demanding a million dollars from Bill Simmons, and Bill Simmons was like, Let, let's talk after. I was like, that's that's where I want to be. Well, anyway. I should tell our listeners if they don't know, you are a Warriors fan, and Anthony yeah. Randolph is your favorite player. Uh, it's true. You're a Warriors fan, and I've heard you say on your show, I don't know how dated the episodes were, how you don't really like this Warriors team. No, I hate that. This is the Warriors team I think I hate the most since Corey Maggette was on the team. <laughs> Which is funny because the way Kevin Durant played in the Houston, in the Houston series reminded me a lot of Corey Maggette era uh, Warriors basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Just like constant isos and dribbling and like foul hunting and turning the ball over really bad. It was a bummer. The beautiful game that they played from years past, I feel like it's missing even though we got an all-time Steph game in game two, and clearly the Warriors were hitting tons and tons of shots. So it felt like this is kind of the old school, the way the Warriors, the fun Warriors. But again, the end of the Houston series, it was just awful. I was sitting there being like, why are you shooting so many stupid shots? Like, quit shooting stupid shots. I really want the Rockets to lose. And uh, you guys (laughs) made me nervous. There's a real, like, push and pull within the team, it feels like where last year they went so far out of their way to, like, incorporate Kevin Durant, and then this year they were like, okay, back to regular Warriors basketball, and then in the Rockets series, Durant was like, wait, why isn't this about me anymore? I'm just going to break these plays and take real bad isos. I really, it, it bums me out. And the thing that bums me out the most is just they, it sucks watching a team that doesn't try all the time. Like, it feels like they read their own press and they're like, well, everyone else is saying we're going to win this game. We're going to win this series in four or five. So, uh, we can give away a bunch of games and we'll win it based on pure talent. Well, they almost blew it in game one. If not Mm -hmm. for one of the all time finishes, I mean, George Hill missing the free throw is still maybe the Warriors, you know, probably would have won, could have won good chance to win. But Mm -hmm. you know, J.R. Smith, squandering an all-time epic performance by LeBron James. So that wasn't the wake-up call. I mean, do, I mean, do you think that was the wake-up call? Because they did. They handled their business in game two. Do you think now they're aware? Like, oh, guys, we got we, we to gotta bring it. <laughs> I fully expect them to lose game three by, like, 15 to 20 points. <laughs> this is just what they do. Like, so now that they've won a game by, like, a bunch of points, they're going to, like think that they can win it like that. They're just like, it's going to be gifted to them and then they're going to lose game three by like 20 points. And then I think game four will be close. And you know, if you're in a close game with LeBron James, it's kind of a coin flip unless J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith's again. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually with you. I, I think everyone is already writing off this series and yes, the Warriors are, prohibitive favorites, but I, I do expect the games in Cleveland to be competitive as the extremely stupid sports saying goes, uh, a series doesn't start until the home team loses, mm-hmm. which I mean, whatever, but like, I do think, I do think 
we did this a few games ago or like a week ago. People announced the Rockets Warrior series over after three games, and we're always doing yeah. this. So I, I do feel like the Cavs will bounce back. That they were be able to be in these games. Um, game two being the exception because I mean Steph Curry hit all his shots. Um, Kevin Durant was I think ten for fourteen and was trying really hard on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they shoot? The Warriors shot something like seventy, seventy six percent on, on, on two like po- on two pointers. <laughs> um, so I, I I do think the uh, I do think it still can be a, a competitive series. Um, what is your impression of LeBron James's teammates who are rightfully being thrown under the bus, but comically? Some of them, such as Rodney Hood, aren't even being allowed to play. I find it kind of puzzling. I mean, I know Rodney Hood's not very good, but he's got to be able to, like... I I don't understand the rotations, really, that uh, uh, Ty Lue is playing here. Like, I, I've been saying the entire playoffs, like, why not give Chetty Osmond some time? Yeah. Like it can't hurt, right? He can't play worse than J.R. Smith is playing. And then like Kyle Korver seems like he should be playing more because I think he's the third best player on the team. Yeah. Uh, and I know he's only allowed to play against Semi Ojale for some reason. And <laughs> right, the Warriors right. don't have Semi Ojale, so <laughs> Do you think they have? I bet they have an assistant coach who's just in charge of monitoring when Semi Ojale goes in. <laughs> he's on Semi Watch. He's yeah. like, ah, uh, I don't think he's getting in. <laughs> don't think he's doing. Uh, this headline came out today uh, from the score. Rodney Hood watches his jazz highlights to remind himself he was good this season. It, that story made me so sad. How does that story, does it relate to your life in any way? For me, it's like, oh, that's like uh, when I watch like clips of a band I was in in high school, and I'm like, yeah, we got a bright future. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, sometimes I'll look at like a Throwback Thursday photo, and I'll be like, oh man, I am so much fatter than I used to be. <laughs> and I'm not like a fat guy, but you know, I should. I look at those photos, and then I'm like, I should like work out or something, and then I don't. Just like Rodney Hood. Yeah, because I also don't get to play basketball any anymore this season. <laughs> it's it does the armchair quarterbacking of this Cavs team. I feel like everyone has hit a point of just play him twenty five minutes. Like what's what's what, what could go wrong? I know they did it in the in the um I think it's the Raptors, not against the Raptors, the Pacers. I yeah. the Pacers they, they they were giving him time, and I guess it didn't really take. But I mean, like you look at his stats, they're not worse than J.R. Smith's stats. He's got to be better than Jordan Clarkson. Oh, Jordan Jordan Clarkson literally looks like he's shaving points at times. Jordan Clarkson went something like 149 minutes without an assist. (laughs) He's he's, he's nominally playing point guard. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. (laughs) Do you think, uh, do you think Steph has already wrapped up the MVP after two games? Uh, I hope so. Um, Because I'm a, I am a staunch Steph. Like I said this the other day, I think I'm secretly becoming the character Andy Lou plays on Twitter, which is the hashtag Steph better uh, guy. (laughs) And I think I'm secretly becoming that Uh, because I, I love Steph Curry. 
I get that people hate him, but uh, I just like the drafting of Steph Curry was like such a seminal moment as a Warrior fan, simply because it was like, oh, this is a guy who I know will at least be able to do something in the NBA, and that is shoot threes. And then, surprise, surprise, he became this. No one was expecting that, but he also was not uh, Patrick O'Brien or Epe <laughs> Udo. So. <laughs> well, you guys, they really, I think I've talked about this when everyone talks about has tanking talks or tanking discussions about like how you got to lose and you got to end up with the better draft pick. The Warriors' inability to tank led to this. Mm-hmm. If you guys had won that final game of the regular season and not gotten Ekbe Udo, you would have been one slot higher. It would have taken DeMarcus Cousins, and you never would have won a title. Yep. So that is why tanking is stupid once again. That uh, it is all, <laughs> there's nothing you can do. Some days you get Steph Curry, and your team becomes awesome. Well, and they almost traded him on draft day, too. That's the other, like, bullet, uh, dodged bullet the Warriors had. What? They were going to, they almost, they, they didn't think Steph Curry was going to be there. So they had a deal that was like Andres Biedrins and the pick and something else for Amari Stoudemire. Oh. Uh, but then Steph Curry was there and Don Nelson wouldn't allow the trade to go through, pretty- which ends up Steve Kerr getting fired from the Phoenix Suns as well. So it's like a weird sliding doors moment for both franchises. Yeah, that's a good one. The Grizzlies only sliding door is uh, Chris Wallace tried to pl- tried to trade Mike Conley for Ramon Sessions and Mark <laughs> and Mark Gasol coach killer uh, said, no way, do not do that. So uh, that was uh, again, Chris Wallace, who claims he built the grit and grind franchise, was going to trade Mike Conley for Ramon Sessions until Marcus All put his foot down. Ramon Sessions and Tony Allen would be a terrible combination offensively. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Speaking of Ramon Sessions, uh, oh, okay. After game two, I was going through my DVR, which is full. And I was looking to delete things and I did. I still have the last six minutes of the clay 37 third quarter against Mm -hmm. the Kings in that clay 37. He is guarded by Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas, Ray McCallum and Ramon sessions. Those are the four guys checking clay Thompson during his 37 point outburst. So incredible. Really? You could not put together a, a murderer's row such as that. If you tried, I don't think you could do much better than that. Also, the Grizzlies have to acquire only two more of those guys, right? Or I guess they did. They never required Ramon Sessions, so they need three. They're they're one of four. Uh, two of four. Ray McCallum was Ray on the Grizzlies. Ray McCallum <laughs> played for the Grizzlies. He played for the Grizzlies the year they lost all their players, which was three years ago. So yeah, no Grizzlies needs Stauskas and uh, Sessions, and the, and those I are think both those guys honestly. Are those are incredibly gettable this offseason. Uh, both very available. Uh, Stauskas has a high draft pedigree, which is something the Grizzlies look for. So that'll be good. Um, Clay Thompson had a great game, game two, and even like g- got almost injured badly. People were reporting that 
you know, this was like a week's injury, but he, he made it through in two days. What do you yeah. think? Was, what do you think powered him through uh, this this injury? He was able to work through it. I think it's the same answer of everything Clay Thompson related, and it's weed. It's got to be <laughs> weed. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to call Clay out here, but I'm pretty sure it's weed. He also said he's never taken a painkiller. Uh. Which to me is like that's such according a, like, well he's using the FDA's <laughs> definitions right exactly that's <laughs> such like uh, like when you hear a guy in college say like I only take stuff that comes from God's green earth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the photo? I don't know who whatever the photo was the very highly detailed photo of where. J.R. Smith was undercutting Clay Thompson, and there's those front two rows of, of Warriors yeah. fans. Uh, Jeremy so, Renner. Space. Yeah, so Jeremy Renner in the back <laughs> row with John Hamm, who are both have like a bemused. I don't know. I don't know the exact expression. Uh, Joe yeah. Lacob is down there with with his mouth open. There's also a guy who's doing like like a Fonzie snap, like a hey, <laughs> like like he's got he's just got like both index fingers pointing at the ground. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, he just fixed a jukebox. Yeah, yeah. Who do we yeah. know? Who, do you know who that is? <laughs> I have no idea who that is. No, I'm sure he's some f- venture capitalist f- <laughs> uh, Because that's everyone who is not Mr. Fab E40 or Guy Fieri sitting courtside at a Warriors game are uh, libertarian tech bro jerks. Well, there so. are there are also the bro jerks who refuse to put on their strength and numbers T-shirts who have mm-hmm. the most horrified looks. They're the ones like mouths agape. There's just an old man who's just pointing with both fingers. He's like, <laughs> blood boys, you know, or something like this. I don't know what he's doing. I, I almost would like to th- hope he's like a warlock, like he did it. He's like doing his spell, like, yes, gotcha. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah he's the reason uh, J.R. Smith, quote unquote, slipped. On that play. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so the narrative of Steph being MVP, I almost feel like was preordained. Yes, he came through with the nine threes in game two, but I felt like there was some kind of momentum that, guys, it was ridiculous that Iguodala got one. Uh, Kevin Durant got one. We gotta have, Steph's got to get one. So I feel like people are, are relieved that so far he's, he's pretty far ahead. And I think he has a big enough lead that even if Durant like, takes over in the next two wins, that he'll still hang on. Because I think the same momentum hurt Steph in the Warriors' first championship. Because was didn't he have a a bad first or second game? He everyone... had a bad game too, and that is the game people have chosen only to remember. Right from that series, he in game I think it's game five. He scores the most points in a fourth quarter in finals history, <laughs> and people choose not to remember that. They're just like, Steph's never been good in the finals. Yeah, he uh, averaged he averaged 26, <laughs> 6, and 6, I think, in, in the first finals, and yet they gave it to Andre Iguodala, who held LeBron yeah. James to 40 points per game and I mean, shot 37% from the free throw line. Honestly, look, again, I'm like a Curry stan, but honestly, they probably should have given that MVP to LeBron James in a loss. Sure. Yeah. Jerry West style. But if you weren't going to give it to him, it should have gone to Steph Curry. (laughs) (laughs) Another, another one of the narratives that I see occurring in real time, um, along my curated Twitter feed, which is not representative of the entire world, obviously, or Mm -hmm. all basketball fans, but people are outraged about refereeing. It's like grown from the conference finals, the conference finals, which were, Referee just fine. 
Like there was nothing crazy controversial in the conference finals that people should be upset about. Game seven where uh, people thought the Rockets it was fixed against the Rockets. They lost by a ton. Same in game six. They lost by yeah. a ton. I was like, you cannot complain about refs in 30-point games. But anyway, the momentum has carried over into these finals, and I'm losing my mind because I have become a bit of a referee stand where I'm just like, we're going to miss calls. There hasn't been an outrageous call for anyone to get upset about. The most notable one was people not knowing that you could review a block charge call. Right. And so that obviously, and that is in a crunch time close game, I understand Cleveland fans being outraged like that. That's a tough way to lose. But I, I was pulling for the Cavs in that game. I never know who I'm going to cheer for in these Cavs Warriors matchups till like I'm seeing it go on. And I'm like, all right, I definitely want LeBron James to win this game. But like on that call, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a block. And people getting upset that like they couldn't review it. I'm like, they review everything. Like they yeah. review everything. If 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 there's an obvious out of bounds call and like the Cavs start waving their hands over their head, like review it, review it. They'll look at it. So I, I don't I don't understand people getting uh, upset about it. How did you feel about that call? Did you feel like you got it? You got a gift there, or were you like, oh no? Uh, I thought when I watched it real time, it was a charge. Uh huh. Um, and then when they showed it in slow motion, I was like, I don't know. This could go. Either way, I'm not a big fan of like second guessing calls in replay because I think generally when you watch it and when you watch anything in replay, you're like, well, I mean, that could go either way. Um, But I'm anti charge just generally any rule that is like set up to make it so there are less dunks sucks. You're like you, you. Are you more? You're more of in the like that a help defender can't draw a charge. Like maybe only the on-ball defender can get an offensive foul or something. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> this sounds crazy, but I would almost. Uh, part of me is like, let's just not have charges. Yeah. Well, then LeBron like, James would all. be even more dominant. Yeah, exactly. Because he, cause he would just dope. be running, running over everybody. What do you think is the? What do you think as a Warriors fan who the NBA has rigged the finals for? What mm-hmm. do you think has been the worst call you've seen so far? Uh, the the strip on Dur- when LeBron had that strip on Durant that went all ball and they called a foul. That was pretty bad, I thought. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's kind of a crazy thing to be like. Yeah, the refs are the the refs are rigging this series when Steph Curry has shot two free throws in two games, I think. Yeah. And you'd think if they were rigging the series for the Golden State Warriors, their first or second best player would be shooting a lot more free throws. I think a lot of it is the really good teams aren't used to being refereed on an almost even plane. Mm-hmm. Like when Cavs and Warriors are going together, the referees are like, "Oh, I I give both of these superstars calls." If a, if a Kevin Durant's guarding a LeBron James, I got to call it on somebody. Like, I feel like the bad teams, we are so used to not really getting the benefit of the whistle that yeah. it isn't shocking. We're like, oh, yeah, that's how our games are refed. Like, why would we? Oh, totally. Like, why would we get these calls? That's another thing. Uh, I'm really worried about the Grizzlies being so awful last year. Like, three years ago, the Grizzlies started getting calls. 
And that's mm-hmm. after existing for 15 years. Like, they'd made the playoffs <laughs> something like six out of nine years they made the playoffs, and then they started getting calls. And they're starting, like, two years ago, it was like, oh, wow, Marc Gasol got totally bailed out. Mike Conley got totally bailed out. This is amazing. It's way easier to win ball games when your star gets bailed out every now and again. And so, like, in my mind, that's like, I don't know, that's some of what it is. The rest of it is the ABC and ESPN just letting Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson complain after every single call. And that's the real problem, in my opinion. And they're wrong so frequently. Yeah, it's a weird thing where everyone on Earth is like, these guys are the worst. They're wrong about everything. But then they're like, but they're right about the refs. <laughs> well, they're doing the same. Like there, there was, they, they were really upset about the play where LeBron James caught an outlet pass, and like Steph and Clay like banged into each other and bumped LeBron, and he fell over. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was really upset about that call, and it was one of those where, like, yeah, you watch it on replay, you're like, oh yeah, that's a foul. But in real mm-hmm. time, it was like, yeah, six eight LeBron James skied over these tiny boys caught the basketball and the ref did not call a foul at that moment. Then a second later, he falls down. He could have called a, you know, a foul at that moment, but like he hesitated, missed the call. It's no big deal. But then like Van Gundy and Jackson are watching the slow-mo replay. And after the replay choose to get outraged, you can't be outraged unless you were outraged immediately. Like you have to right. see it and be like, Oh, that's terrible. And then if you see the replay, you're like, you, you can then be justified in your anger. If you're well, not I- angry until you see it slow, Give, give us a break. Well, and LeBron James specifically is like he's fouled on every single play because yeah. like the only way to guard a person that big and that fast is like by hitting them with your hands. Um, <laughs> so it's just one of those things where it's like, OK, do you want the game to stop every single time he touches the ball? Because like you would also complain about that. I feel like the other way to stop LeBron James is to pair him with J.R. Smith. Oh, man. Hey! <laughs> Can we see some Jose Calderon? All right, oh, well, hey. that would, I love, uh, yes. Can we please see some Jose Calderon? Jose Calderon, who Google still thinks is a billionaire. Um, so, uh, wrapping up, Joey, I asked you if you just had a few storylines, be they real or imagined, that you were looking mm-hmm. forward to as the series shifts to Cleveland. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to? So I wrote a couple of questions for you here, Keith. Oh, okay. uh, my first question is, uh, so Steph Curry last night mentioned that the dust up between he and Kendrick Perkins was quote, much ado about nothing. And then Clay Thompson said, good movie. And then Steph Curry <laughs> said, no, great movie. <laughs> So my question for you is, which mediocre Shakespeare movie adaptation will Steph Curry claim to like next? Oh, man. Um, I was going to say they were actually both referencing the Kenneth Branagh Much Ado About Nothing with Keanu Reeves and Michael Keaton. Denzel Washington. They're going to watch, I believe there was a very low-budget Joss Whedon remake a few years ago. I think they're going to get their hands it was on a, Yes, I on think that you're right. One. I think they're going to get their hands on that one <laughs> and, and make a similar, uh, a similar reference. Same See, Shakespeare I movie. assumed that in the next press conference, they're going to ask Steph Curry 
how he and Kevin Durant are doing. And he's going to say, oh, we're great. We're like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. Great movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not bad. I was uh, trying to think. I don't, honestly, I've seen so few uh, Shakespeare ad- adapted movies. I watched, like, I, I saw one that I know Julie Taymor did. I don't remember what uh, it was. Titus, I believe. Okay, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember what that, that one was. <laughs> oh, it was Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so my next question for you is, uh, oh, man, we covered some of this stuff. Um, okay, Jordan Bell called LeBron James a wild string of expletives in game two. Oh, yeah, uh, we can't uh, say any of the things he said. Right, so my next, my question is, how is LeBron going to murder him in game two or uh, in game three or four? That's a great question. I think all LeBron James is going to do is pick up his $41,000 alligator purse and say, Jordan, be better. <laughs> be better tomorrow. I think he's taking the high road. Um, good answer. I think he's probably going to sleep with his mom. <laughs> uh, Delonte West style. <laughs> um, all right. Um, my next question is after a string of pretty bad games, Kevin Durant finally had a pretty good one. Keith, what is KD going to do to make fans mad at him again? He is going to make like the game against the Grizzlies. Maybe January of 2016, mm-hmm. 17. Mr. Unreliable. Where no, 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 not even back oh. then. That was like 14. <laughs> this is when he was on the Warriors. The Grizzlies came back from like 20 down oh, on ESPN. Right and he hogged the ball down the stretch. And Draymond Green was cussing him out, telling him, we don't do that here. I think he's going to go back to full iso ball. I think he can sense that momentum we were talking about, that the MVP is Steph Curry's. Mm-hmm. And he wants that MVP. I think he's going to go full Russ Westbrook at an all-star game and take over everything uh, and freeze out Clay and Steph Curry. I think that's a good answer. Um, But what I think he's going to do is uh, hug the Winklevoss twins when they (laughs) win the championship. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. My next question for you is, uh, so last night, the Warriors fans sarcastically chanted MVP at J.R. Smith. It was good. Yeah, really good. Uh, what chant can Cleveland fans do to defend J.R.? Um, I would say something about the pipe. I feel right. like just get like like you want the pipe. That's hard to say. KD. How about if it was, hmm, can we get a KD wants the pipe? KD yeah, that's pretty wants good. the pipe. Yeah. I was thinking it would just be Hennessy. Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you got, I feel like you got I feel like you got to come for Durant somehow. Right. Which how you about, know how, how about, you do how that. about cupcake wants the pipe? I feel like that that's clap, clap, clap. What about just Bill Simmons? That's pretty good. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. I feel like you need to make maybe 
probably make one of those really detailed um, homemade poster boards with way too much dialogue on there explaining uh, his departure from from Oklahoma City (laughs) and him budding up with Bill Simmons to release six podcasts just to uh, try to, I don't know, shame Steph Curry. I petered out much like the poster board did. (laughs) Um, All right, so... My next question is, we've had two games now where Tristan Thompson has gotten very, you mad, bro? <laughs> uh, one, he, one, he fouled, uh, one, he fouled Sean Livingston to end the game. And two, last night, when he walked out on reporters after they asked him if it was if uh, guarding Stephen Curry felt, made him feel helpless. <laughs> so <laughs> my next question is, what will upset Tristan Thompson next? Hmm. I'm going to say getting maybe running into maybe he'll get mad at Kendrick Perkins um, for not scooting over when, when he when he maybe comes <laughs> back down to the bench. That actually runs into my second question, which is how can Kendrick Perkins embarrass himself further in this series? <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see an overreaching referee, like just randomly throw out Perk from the bench, like in a moment where it doesn't matter just to kind of, I feel like the refereeing, you know, maybe they have some side bets of their own. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You like, like uh, Benny Adams was like, man, you, you guys said I wouldn't throw out Tristan Thompson for no reason, but I did it. <sighs> Like I would like to see somebody like has Ken Mauer done one of these yet? Uh, you know, like a Ken Mauer, Scott Foster, just to look over at the bench and be like, I don't like the way he's looking at me. He's out of here. To do that, I think they'd need to bring back Joey Crawford for just one game. I would like to see what if what if the NBA rolled out Monty McCutcheon, Joey Crawford, and Steve Javi. <laughs> <laughs> and Dick Bavetta. Uh, <laughs> um, I, for me, I think the obvious question, the obvious answer to the question, how can Kendrick Perkins embarrass himself further, is uh, to be put into the game. Yeah, he should, yeah. He should start over J.R. Smith. <laughs> Let's start Kendrick Perkins at the two and see if anything gets any better. Um, all right, my last question for you is uh, screw the finals. Can we talk about Bobon being in John Wick 3 real quick? Yeah. I don't know if uh, you saw this. I would just like to say, <laughs> suck it, Blake Griffin's movie career. <laughs> uh, I wonder, do you think the plot of John Wick 3 is that, uh, <laughs> is, does Bobon, uh, is he actually an NBA player in the movie playing himself. The answer is yes. I have yes. no idea. Is that he? would it, No, no, no. I'm saying if he's an assassin, but also an NBA player, Boban Morganovich oh, really in good. the movie, that would be great. I, I, I am going to be disappointed if he's just like a random goon. Like See, it, I want him to if... be like a, like a good, like someone he meets up with or something. Maybe who, who the <sighs> one assassin who decides he's not after John Wick. What if John Wick accidentally kills Tobias Harris and then <laughs> Boban goes John Wick style on John Wick? <laughs> that would be pretty good. I just think it's, I, I like to imagine as much of a Blake Griffin hater as I am that uh, Blake Griffin's like waiting by his phone or he's calling his agent and he's like, hey, 
So how about that? Uh, how about that? How about that spot roll in John Wick Three? Did that did that come through? And like Blake, we got bad news. Boban got it. <laughs> <laughs> and See, then Blake's I like, Blake I live is, in Detroit. I, I bet Blake is really mad. He's not in the movie Tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be in just the worst comedies. He's like, um, hey, I wrote a spec script for Horrible Bosses Three. Yeah, he, uh, can't, he can't get he can't hook up to that Adam Sandler Netflix teat. He seems like he could work. He seems like he could work himself into one of those. By the way, in Blake's spec script for Horrible Bosses Three, Chris Paul is the horrible boss. Um, all right, <laughs> thank you. That's great. Hey, uh, Joey, that's a good one to wrap up on. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, being a great guest. Uh, where can people see you next or find your stuff online? Um, uh, listen to Round Ball Rock on uh, iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, whatever they say about that. Uh, we're like we're like the little brother to Fast Break Breakfast's uh, big brother. I would Aww. say it's, um, it's purely affectionate. You're you're the larger you're you're the, you're the the mountain to my rock. Did I get those oh. Game of Thrones names right? I don't know. I don't Rock watch that isn't show. right. The, the hound, the uh, mountain, and the hound. That sounds right. I, you're talking about the rock. I think you're confusing Game of Thrones and Ballers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've watched every Game of Thrones. I don't know any of the names. Don't know any of the characters' names. Um, but yeah, listen around Ball Rock, and you can always follow me on Twitter at Joey Divine. That's Divine with an E instead of the first I, because I am not. A deity. Um. <laughs> well, thanks, buddy. Uh, appreciate you hopping on and look forward to talking with you soon. For sure. Thanks, Keith. All right. Thanks to Joey for coming on. Always enjoyable to talk to him. If you don't listen to the Round Ball Rock podcast and you like Fast Break Breakfast, you should probably check out the Round Ball Rock podcast if you're ever in that, hmm, what should I listen to now? phase uh, very funny guys sean and joey do a really good show that i really enjoy so check them out um you can follow us on twitter at fast break break like us on facebook again get involved with us over at patreon.com patreon.com slash fast break breakfast maybe we'll do a world cup game i don't know we like to have fun over there so if, if having fun is your thing patreon.com slash fast break breakfast all right you guys are the best thanks for listening and remember Breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fair break, break, man. You understand?